I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Okay guys, welcome to episode 4 of Heavy Metal Tones. Uh, you might notice that the audio is a bit clearer this time round. Um, I have a new interface, so a modern world. Mm. Thanks Joseph for your help with that one. Um, anyway, uh, this is um, a podcast for all of you music nerds out there, uh, heavy metal lovers, heavy rock lovers and really everything in between. It doesn't matter if you love music, that's all you have to worry about. Um, we we love all sorts here in this in this program. What we're going to talk about today, I think today's episode was, is actually going to is sort of sparked by a conversation I had with uh, Joseph, my friend Joseph, the guitarist from Pure Envy, a thrash band from Newcastle. If you haven't uh, heard them, uh, go out there and YouTube them. There are uh, and find them, on, find them on Spotify. If I can get my mouth around my teeth, um, yes. Brilliant band, really nice guys. Uh, yeah, get your heads around those. Anyway, we were discussing the sort of um, how music is consumed, and I thought well, I might have a chat about um, the, the romance of 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 music and how how over the last in my lifetime has changed dramatically. Uh, really has. Um, I think. Sorry about that, that's me clicking. Um, I think that uh, it comes down to, obviously, we're becoming more technical and more um, more um, computer savvy, everything's being more automated, you know. So for we consume in a different way. I, I mean, picture this, guys. Um, it's a sunny day. It's in North London. It's 1982. Um, young Tony standing at the door of the local record shop uh, with his brother Andrew and in his sweaty palm is a pound note given to him only the day before by his grandfather and he's going to buy himself a record because his brother's going to buy his and he's like well I'm going to go with Andrew I'm going to buy my record and only a few weeks before he'd, I'd, well, I'd, I'd bought um, 
uh, The Who by Numbers. It was my first album I bought with money. And this pound I had, I thought, well, I'm going to go and get something with my brother. And then, you know, you had to take a risk because that pound wouldn't buy you much. It'd probably buy you a single, maybe a couple if they were special, um, a secondhand record, if you're lucky, a couple of EPs, depending on what, you know, what you were looking for. And um, I remember buying um, very excitedly because I was looking for more Who stuff. I remember buying Ride a Rock Horse by Roger Daltrey. I was drawn in by the cover. A, firstly, it's Roger Daltrey. But secondly, um, it had him half naked on uh, as a uh, joined his upper body attached to a horse that's rearing up on a cloud, like a centaur. Um, and of course, I really loved Roger Daltrey's voice. So it was like, okay, I'm going to buy this. And it, it did take all my money, actually. I think my brother gave me a little bit more extra to buy it. You know, and and I went home and and, I, and we played our records that afternoon. Now the thing about that is that um, it was the way you consumed it because you couldn't just download it and instantly gratify yourself. You and you and money was limited for most of us. Um, you had to, you know, take a risk or you had to know what you were looking for. You know, I mean, you either watched Top of the Pops. We weren't allowed to watch Top of the Pops. My dad didn't like it. So it wasn't on most of the time because he'd come home after a hard day's work and it was usually on about seven o'clock. And dad was like, no, I'm, I'm watching, you know, the football, whatever he wanted to watch, the news while he's having his dinner. So we didn't watch. I mean, only one TV family as we were then. Most people were. So I didn't get to see it. So I, the only way I could really do it is listen to the radio. And I had a little tiny transistor radio, which I used to listen to in my bedroom. But of course, that was... Um, your, your top 40 singles and I, I that, you know up to a certain point I wasn't listening to top 40 singles so I didn't know what to do I couldn't read my brother's NME or or sounds because he wouldn't let me once he read it he'd give it to his mates so I, I never got a chance to read any of it so it wasn't so when you'd go with your precious money that you'd you'd um you'd got you had to sort of again you had to take a chance um unless you knew the knew it really well um you know, and of course, that led on to the conversation I was having with Joseph was about, you know, should we release singles anymore? And I was thinking, you know, I think we, you know, I th I'd like to see that again. I think that what they do now is like, you know, you're like a TV program. Instead of it coming out weekly and the family gets together and watching it, it's all just 18 episodes straight away, consume it, move on. You know, do it in a weekend sort of thing. And I think... Uh, that's I don't know. I think maybe the modern generation, my ch my children's generation, um, are probably cool with that, and that's probably what they want and what they like, and it will change in third twenty years, and they'll bemoan what I'm doing, what I'm doing now. But I think that the you know the deferred gratification is the term. I think it is key. You know, it it. A single would release, and often that single would be not from the album. You know, you'd get the singles that would come out and they wouldn't be on the album. Um, and so, you know, uh, you'd be like, oh, okay, I got this single. And so, and, you, and then you'd wait for that, you know, then they'd release one probably about three months before the album, and then they'd one about a month, and then they won just on release. You'd, about three singles, I remember, you used to get. Of course, what you would do is you would then. If you had the money and you were clever enough, you get like I did. You get all the versions of it, 
So, you know, one week the single will be released and then you, the following week you get it on picture disc or you get the 12-inch mix or you get the EP or you get the shaped picture disc or the picture CD, if you're going that way, right? Um, or the shaped CD or whatever you're looking at. And and so you, 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 you treasured it because the B-sides of that single, and this is another thing which is lost in the world with the digital age, the B-sides, you know, I remember really vividly buying um, a Ghostbusters, you know, theme song um, on single, and the B side being a dub, just an instrumental. B sides usually just be instrumental. You were really lucky if you got two songs. Sometimes you got double A sides. Sometimes you got a double A side and a B side, um, and that was really good value for your money because you got home and you got you you play those singles. I remember getting Sign of the Times by Prince. Um, now, you know, I think he's an amazing musician. I'm not a huge... Again, I wouldn't go out and buy his albums, but I really love that single. I actually like the guitar in it, but I think that was probably what it was. Anyway, you know, I played that thing till it was smooth because that's the only way you could I could consume music. And um, so when the albums were released, when you, you know, you it was you had this anticipation and you... You go and buy it on day of release. You couldn't stream it and download it. You just you went and you had to go to the record store and really hope there was a copy there. Um, otherwise, you, you had to hunt around and try and find one or order one. You know, um, and that's the thing. I think we're saying that, as Joseph said, what do we? He's his band wants to know what they should do with their music, and I think that's what they should do. I think they should release singles, um, release them, you know, in certain amounts of order to momentum and then release an album but maybe even be cheeky and have the singles with not on the album old school you know or you buy the cassette single I mean I used to buy those as well uh, yeah um, and I think I, I really I feel sad for the for the younger generation because um, in 1999 with the advent of Napster up until 2002 so for th- you know for three years people were Stealing, I mean, and it's a whole different ball game, guys, a different conversation, but they were stealing music. Um, you know, I'd have conversations with people and they'd say, Oh, but these are big, big bands and they make lots of money. If you imagine that each one of those downloads was a dollar, just to say, and a million downloads are stolen or downloaded without buying them, and they go on to sell three million copies of that record. You know, one third of their income is stolen from them, potential income. If I was to say to you, I want you to work a third of your hours at work for free, I'm not going to pay you, you'd, you'd all walk away and say, no, wouldn't you? It doesn't matter what the amount of money is, it's the it's the principle of the thing. It's a fact that, you know, I don't know if, if you're listening out there, guys, if any of you are creativity, creative people or musicians, I hope some of you are, and I'm sure some of you are, you know how hard and painful it is to create music physically mentally and emotionally demanding your time your energy your everything i mean not it's not just the case of plugging the guitars in and playing in a room now you've got to do like i'm doing here sitting in front of a laptop looking at you know audio signals and worrying about gain staging and all this sort of stuff you know so it it makes a massive difference whether it's one dollar or a million dollars. That aside, so as I say with Napster, so Napster came around and so all of a sudden because vinyl was waning and this new CD revolution was coming, 
um, and you you could put your CDs onto portable like you could do records onto cassettes but you could put these things onto non-movable part mp3 players which means you could store you know the whole back catalogue of Iron Maiden Black Sabbath Judas Priest all on one little thumb drive it's a brilliant idea no you know and to some extent we do it now don't we with our phones but we still consume the product I mean I use Spotify I use it very every day but I use it as a, a tool A to find music so once I oh I like that I'm going to buy the t-shirt I'm going to buy the album I'm going to buy the cassette I'm going to get some merch or I already own the product and I'm using it in a way so that now even though I've bought the album from the band the band is getting a few cents from my download plays and so you know, I'm not stealing away from people. Now, I'm not saying that everyone who used Napster were thieves. Some people used it for means to an end. They had no way of getting that other music they wanted, and that's probably the only way they could do it. And to some extent, that's a great thing because um, they are just trying still to, to enjoy the medium that the bands want them to have. But anyway, Napster finishes in 2002 from a court case. In comes... Um, iTunes 2003 and then from there on and they were selling songs at 99 cents a song so back to that pound concept you know that that within the you know the ability to own music but not aggressively expensive Um, and so they were selling their product and so bands then were starting to think hey um, we can uh, use this medium to sell more product and so they 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 were doing that and, and you find stream exclusives and and so on but what you do on that counter side is you lose the physical medium you lose the um the fun and the romance and the wonder of owning that product and because you then can stream instead of having these singles manufactured, printed, and then released in certain amounts, which then is what bands would do, they just put it all up. Because, uh, they, you know, they would do the studies saying that, hey, this music is, um, they can, people are consuming it a different way. Uh, anyway, I've rambled off the point. The point I was trying to say was, I think that, that, um, that we should go back to single so I'm not saying that it should own lots of vinyl singles, by no means, or CD singles. You can still stream the single. I think that's fine if that's the way that the world is consuming music. And and let's be honest, it it is then putting less into landfill eventually and less chemical used, and it is greener. But they've got to stage it. I mean, the... Uh, here's a good example. The new Maiden album came out, and you know I love that. We've talked about it a lot. And um, the singles came from it. Now, what was amazing about that for me, what I felt really uh, took me back in time, was that the first single came out, The Writing on the Wall. And in my music community, there was lots of negativity. And it was almost like, well, let's try. And it, it, made a, it had a great talking point. And so I could sit down and talk to my friends, say, look, don't panic, guys. Like, it's just one single. This isn't the whole album. 
then you know another single will come possibly the album will come and then it will change your mind but i think what it showed me was that younger members and friends of mine um were so worried because they just assumed that this is what we were going to get they weren't they were not of a generation where you know uh you had to that risk was taken when they released the single was it the right single off the album again that's another podcast i don't think it was I think the second single was a much stronger single. I would have gone with that first. But hey, uh, it's not my my product. Um, and at the end of the day, it doesn't matter which way the singles come out. The album is bloody amazing. So you just live with what you, what you get there, really. Anyway, I've rambled a bit here. I'm going to go and get a drink. And on the other side, we'll come back. We might have a finish off this conversation uh, about... Uh, singles and uh, collection and I might do some do's and don'ts on what to collect because people are getting back into vinyl and uh, I've been a long life a lifelong vinyl collector so I think we might have a chat about that uh, we'll see you soon hi guys look we're still in lockdown and we still want some food and we want some beer and we want to get it to our house we live locally to the Belconnen area within six kilometers the basement with a new logo check it out guys amazing anyway what do we do how do we do it well you can still do it if you go to bit that's b-i-t dot l-y forward slash chompies c-h-o-m-p-y-s that's b-i-t dot l-y forward slash chompies you can get all of their fantastic menu from vegetarian to vegan to meat to fish whatever you want and some beers and you're keeping a local business alive and you're keeping the basement alive. So when we come out of lockdown, guys, we can get ourselves some good rockin' music. That's Chompies. That's bit.ly forward slash Chompies. That's bit.ly forward slash Chompies. Come on, go grab some. I'm starving. Welcome back to part two, guys. Uh, this one is, as I said before, with break. Um, it's going to be more about the romance of singles and uh, and record collecting in general. Uh, there are people out there who do ask me all the time, you know, hey, um, what do I do? Do I buy secondhand? Do I buy reprints? Do Where do I get them from? What should I spend? What should I play them on? Um, and I think the advice that I'd have for you guys, honestly, if you're going to take anything from this, and I hope you do, um, is that... Uh, the world of uh, music consumption is a wonderful and varied thing. If you choose to buy all your stuff on CD, be my guest. Brilliant. If you choose to buy, oh, if you choose to buy it, um, stream it, and only only ephemerally, be my guest. Um, I am like a lot of us, uh, vinyl lover. Uh, it's I'm unashamedly a geek in that respect. Uh, I have a very large collection, and I and I love buying them. Now, do I always play all of them? No. Some of them I buy just to own them. But anyway, I think I've spoken that before. So, do's and don'ts on um, on buying records. Firstly, buy what you could afford. Secondly, know what the value of something is. I think what's happened with... Um, oh, sorry, knocked the table. With some of these hipsters... Um, don't get me wrong, brilliant. You know they've reinvigorated the um, the format. It, 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 to be honest, it was always the most serious, superior format. It's warmer. It's more enjoyable. It's more 
enjoyable to own. Yes, it can jump, but if you look after it, it won't. Where CDs, the you know the as my lovely wife will say, the um, the great con of CDs, you know, they jump, they skip, they don't work. They they just I, the sound is thin. It's too clinical. It's too much pushed on it. You have too much information. The ceiling of the la- the the ceiling of volume is too high. So you know it's just too much. Anyway. And I think that's ruined a lot of bands in the late 90s to early 2000s, I reckon, I really do. But, yeah, so know the value. So a good little tool is Discogs. Uh, use Discogs. So if you're in a store and you see, if you see like uh, an Iron Maiden album, you think, oh, okay, is that is that is that a reissue? Is it a first print? Because you can never tell all these days because they do almost mimic the original, everything originally, to the original uh, on the remake on the reissues the difference is on the reissue it should tell you the year it was reprinted and it should most reissues if it's of a modern album will have a barcode early albums didn't have barcode systems so that's another way of looking at it but Dis- discogs is good because you put into any information into the discogs into the search so the barcode the the record label code uh, the name of the song, band, or artist, and it will pick it up, and it will give you an idea of the average cost across the globe of what these records go for. So don't be sort of fooled because it's a vinyl, and people think it's oh, it must be valuable. Not always the case. You know, some of these pieces they manufactured five, six, ten, twenty runs of them um, in great numbers. Uh, it's more about where they're printed um, and uh, run out codes on the little run out in the middle of the disc, label variations, track listings, um, and things like that, which will make the value of a record. So look that. I mean, some people don't buy for value. They're just buying because they want to have the, you know, a Neil Diamond album or they want to have um, Neil Sedaka or they want to have Judas Priest, or whatever, whatever you call it, you, you know, you choose them to find. But they want to play it in that original format to feel like it's, you know, warm and, and, and friendly and they want to read the cover and so on. So to those people, it doesn't matter, honestly. Um, but those that are buying to, and you know, it's and value isn't the eye of the beholder. If, they, if you wish to spend $50 on an album that's probably only worth 10 or 15 but well, that's your choice. Um, Anyway, uh, those like me that do collect on several levels, I collect A, to own the record, B, I like the variants, and C, I do like a little bit of cachet. Is this a rare record? Is it worth a bit more? Um, a prime example was I picked up when I was 14 a Marillion bootleg. Um, it's a rather distasteful cover. It has a guy, it's an airbrush cover with a guy in denim with a big Bowie knife at the throat of a young girl who's crying. It's not. It really is quite. It's not a Marillion cover, but um, the guy in the market store was selling them, and I thought I really like. I really like this band, so I'm going to buy it. I'm really, you know, and it's multicolored vinyl, white label, and it's it's number printed number two of a hundred. And it doesn't matter really because they would have printed a hundred stickers and stuck on, you know. Doesn't matter. It could have been not hundred once that came off the printer. It's still number two. But the thing is, you know, you know, in my valuation, it's priceless because 
it means a lot to me and I would be really gutted if I didn't have it anymore. But if I wanted to replace it, because it was only 100 printed 35 years ago and well, you know, close to 35 years ago uh, and the covers were destroyed because it was distasteful, um, it's valued at around about five to six hundred pounds, which is about twelve hundred dollars. It's a lot of money for a record, you know. And people said, "Oh, you should sell it," and, but I'd be lost without it. I, it's knowing it's there; it means a lot to me. Not the value, the, the when I bought it, why I bought it, and what's on it actually. Even though now it's on CD. Anyway, so it is about the you know it's about the way you buy records. Now, where you buy them is up to you. I'd like to go keep my record um, buying local. If I can't get it here or get it overseas, I usually go to Amazon or somewhere like that. tend not to go to eBay too much because I don't trust the sellers. But I'd go to uh, Landspeed in Canberra, uh, here in Grima Place. They do, you know, they do a great record store day. If you don't know what that is, Google it. It's, a, it's, the, it's the annual record store event where special issues are released. We queue up for hours in advance pre-COVID. Um, you get in, you get you got it first in best dressed, and then you get to the second-hand record section. You go through that, and honestly, I'll spend five, six hundred dollars on that day there. It's just what it's my Christmas. It's my Easter rolled into one. Um, anyway, so try and buy it locally because the record local record stores will know the value and will not rip you off. If you can't, you can now get vinyl in. JB Hi-Fi, and you can get it in. Um, you can get it, as I said, online. Now, uh, old prints, the new prints, reissues, and original re- prints. Now, the beauty of reissues is they're now manufactured on mostly on 180 gram vinyl. 180 gram vinyl is thicker, so obviously, so when you put it on the record deck, there's less chance of warping. It's got it's got more dense material, uh, so for the, the 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 resonance of the sound through the needle is better, um, and it's less chance of getting damaged. Old records, back if you grab one of your if you've got a relative who's got one, who even if you've got one, grab a record from the eighties, slip it out of its cover, and you can wobble it like a wobble board. It's a light material because they were they were mass producing far greater numbers. And they were trying to save a dollar here and there. Same with cardstock. Modern cardstock on new record covers, the printing of the cardstock is superior because they make it in smaller bespoke numbers. They're also charging a lot more money for them. So therefore, you want your value. Uh, these days as well, you'll find most variants are colored vinyls. I think, you know, it used to be a bit of a joke. I'd only get the black. I mean, classic... Um, Jack Burns of of the Stiff Little Fingers, the Irish punk band, brilliant, please check them out, uh, famously said he'd never do picture discs or coloured vinyl. That was a punk thing, coloured vinyl. When I've got so many punk singles, pink, green vinyl, orange vinyl, red vinyl, um, it was sort of that way to draw the kids in. He wouldn't do it because he thought it was just a gimmick. It is a gimmick, but man, I love that gimmick. I love slipping out the record from the cover and it's blood splatter red or it's gold flecked and clear it's just you know it's fun you get more ephemeral records now so you get like posters and stickers and you do, they're trying to draw them and you're back in and also trying to create that get the older market back to it 
Um, so the difference, if I was walked into a store and I looked at the shelf and they had a first edition print of, uh, let's say, never mind the bollocks or um, Iron Maiden's Number of the Beast, and they had reissues, the reissues are mint, unplayed, and the other two were used, I'm going to go for the used one. I actually really like the hiss, the pop and the crackle when I put my record on. If I want really clean, pristine audio file music, I will stream it, I will CD it. Um, I think the vinyl, I don't want it to ruin the music, the noise, too much background noise, but it's there, it's part of the romance, it brings me back to a time, like smells, um, takes you back to a better place, so that's what I would say, so if you are new to vinyl, buy the reissue, you'll get more fun out of it because you're you're going from, you're, you're transitioning from your CD to your record, if you want um, to feel a completist, have both. I know I do. <laughs> anyway, and I'm running out of room for that sort of stuff. Um, you know, picture discs is another one. You know, people say, oh, it's lots of pictures. Should I buy a picture disc? Is the sound better? Is it worse? Now, in the old days, audiophiles would say, don't buy a picture disc. The sound isn't any good. Well, that's rubbish. The sound is equally as good. The vinyl extrusion that they're using is the same. It just doesn't have a tint in it. Okay, it's just clear. Um, so it's no different. In fact, they're just more fun to own. You know, I've got loads, so many picture discs. I really enjoy them. Um, the only downside of picture discs, often they just come in a plastic clear cover and they don't, they don't um, give them a cover that you can put in to look after it. So once you've got the record home, Tony, they say to me, what do I do? Do I, how do I look after it? Um, Sorry, my computer's gone into... Can you hear me typing? Yeah, it went into sleep mode. Um, so, how do I look after it? Well, firstly, it, it does matter what you play your record on because cheap records have more tracking force with cheap needles and they're going to damage your record, your precious record. And let's be honest, the average record of a pri price of a record these days, if you're buying a reissues, are between $50 to $100. You can get them for thirty odd dollars if it's mass-produced bands like Bridge Over Troubled Water or something from Simon Garfunkel. You're going to pick it up for twenty-five dollars, but the stuff you're buying now from new bands usually around the fifty to hundred dollars. So it's an investment. So you want a a, a deck um, that's don't get a flea market deck, please, people. Go out and get yourself a, a basic Audio Technica deck or um, something. Just go to somewhere you can trust where they'll get you something. A good deck is around about four to five hundred dollars. You can get one less, about two to three, and you'll still be fine. You still need a preamp because these don't have an amp in them, and you do need speakers. And so it is an investment. But once you've made the investment, you're then investing on what you're playing it on. So yes, you do want to make sure that your needle and your record is good. Secondly, a basic cleaning kit, an anti-static cloth, fine. Try not to finger the vinyl. So when you're pulling out, you know, don't touch the vinyl if you can. Don't leave it on your deck. If you've got a direct drive deck, which means the motor is directly underneath the platter, and because uh, you get two types, you get direct drive. I'm sorry if this is boring you, audio nerds, but this is important to me. Direct drive or belt drive. With direct drive, you get less wow and flutter, which is the um, speed of slowing down and speeding up. 
you won't hear it unless you listen to it really carefully but you can come it happens more in cassettes but wow and flutter um that's that noise yeah or the slowing down speeding up um and but the trouble with that is people leave the records on the record deck we used to do it all the time and you leave the power on and there's a motor underneath it it warps the record okay it warps the record um so if you've got it belt drive still don't do it take the record off put it back in its paper sleeve once you've listened to it and what i try to do is when you've got the opening to the paper sleeve put that so the paper sleeve opening is not facing out to the cardboard sleeve so dust doesn't get in i also like to keep my records in um pvc clear covers now some people say no you shouldn't do it i've got some records now after being there for 30 years i've actually stuck to the covers now that's because they were cheap um pvc covers with uh, certain chemicals in that would probably we didn't think about too much now this audio file stuff it won't happen get those you buy a pack of 25 for 25 bucks it's well worth doing um secondly stacking them please don't stack them flat they will warp um put them upright where you can if it if you haven't stacked against the wall don't stack them so they're sort of sloped against the wall because the front ones will warp the back ones won't now and also if you can keep them in a place that's not directly sunlight that sounds like it's a lot of work guys you know cds i can just chuck them anywhere oh you know what i mean i'll leave them in the car they're fine yes but these it's not an ephemeral material so you know this is um an artisan material almost now so you must make sure you look after them you i said you're investing in them you can even put my i do in covers on the walls um so that you've got like uh, a bit of a you know people say it's a bit wanky i quite like in my music room look with some of my favorite artwork of albums on the covers i take the records out put them in spare covers and put them in the shelf and i change them quite regularly when i feel like it um you know hunt around when we can get out in the non-covid world guys i'd get out there and really just enjoy the fossicking around record shops you can find some absolute doozies i picked up um year before last one of my favorite finds was a a, a czechoslovakian heavy metal band i'd read about um and sorry the name has left me right now but i it will be let out and i was oh my god i've always wanted to hear this album and there it was for ten dollars you know wow you know thank you very much sharp and take my money um in great condition as well uh each each city wherever you live will have a record store or a second-hand record store I'm rambling. I'm, I don't want to keep going over too much about it, but yes, I would go out there and play. That's what you need to do. So, looking after your records is important. Record um, player choice is important, and you know where you position it in your house is important. Okay, somewhere where you can sit down and relax and enjoy it, um, because it is a, a, a thing you have to enjoy. I'm sorry, youngsters, listen to this. You've got to get up and turn it over when it one side A is finished, um, and that you know. And putting uh, the art of putting the needle down where you want it we were so good at it years ago now you just you know i'm getting back into tapes now i'm trying to find a good tape recorder i don't actually have one a tape player i've got hundreds of tapes but my tape player is just so anyone out there who's got one or knows where to get one you know where to contact me that's heavy metal tones at gmail.com that's heavy metal tones at gmail.com which is my email um, I'm happy to pay a good price for it. I don't want to pay too much, but I'm looking for an older, not a modern one. I want an older tape deck, so a Pioneer or a Techniques or 
um, Bang and Olsen, something like that. Anyway, that's the end of this side where I was just rambling about record collecting and how to do it. Um, when I come up back off the other side, I'm just going to quickly chat, um, finish off uh, a little bit about what's going to come up, um, and uh, we'll chat about what happened. We'll, we'll chat about next week. Okay, see you on the other side. Hi guys, look, we're still in lockdown, and we still want some food, and we want some beer, and we want to get it to our house. We live locally to the Belconnen area, within six kilometres of the basement, with a new logo. Check it out guys, amazing. Anyway, what do we do? How do we do it? Well, you can still do it. If you go to bit, that's B-I-T dot L-Y forward slash chompies, C-H-O-M-P-Y-S, that's B-I-T ly forward slash chompies you can get all of their fantastic menu from vegetarian to vegan to meat to fish whatever you want and some beers and you're keeping a local business alive and you're keeping the basement alive so when we come out of lockdown guys we can get ourselves some good rocking music that's chompies that's bit.ly forward slash chompies that's bit.ly forward slash chompies come on go grab some I'm starving. Welcome back, guys. Thanks for listening all this way through um, on my ramble this week about uh, the romance of record collecting, how to collect, what to collect, and where to get it from. Um, yeah. Uh, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah. So, that, so what we're going to talk about now is just, just a sort of rundown of um, what we're going to talk about next week. Uh, I thought next week we would have a chat about the black metal movement um the darker side of metal i think we're going to call it uh i love the darker side of metal i have always loved the darker side of it i find it fascinating interesting beautiful in a stark and horrible way and just um i love its bleakness so look um before i record i record on a sunday and a monday now if anybody you want to reach out and ask me any questions about the black metal music or, or give me any, you know, want me to talk about any particular in that uh, subgenre, do so. Get to me at heavymetaltones.com.au. That's heavymetaltones. No, I apologize. That's not the email address. It's heavymetaltones at gmail.com. That's heavymetaltones at gmail.com. Um, or you can get to me on my Facebook page at Nuobum. That's N W O B H M. And all things metal. That's Nwobum and all things metal. And leave me some information there. Uh, otherwise, I look forward to hearing from you. If not, we'll chat about the darker side of metal next week. See you next week, guys. And keep safe. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. 
Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 